Welcome to Connect with DP City, ADP City Church Podcast. Some of the best conversations I've had is with you two brothers, you know. I'm going to say something pretty controversial right now. Based on my Yo Mama tagline, right? No, Santiago is amazing. Miss Tori is definitely raised an amazing, amazing young man. We're super um, just thankful not only to be his youth pastors or his uh, production leads, but just his friend. Um, it was interesting that you brought up kids. Um, like recently when Cheyenne was in a volleyball game and just watching her, she had several serves where her team was winning those points. And I was proud of her. And Let me fix this. We're still learning, guys. We're, we're still learning. Holding dead pigs, a knife. It's very incriminating. <laughs> they like, they are so mean. I'm like, I just... I just want that little crock pot right there. Oh, no. You're still Bishop Reggie Lewis. Yeah, we do call you the bishop. <laughs> Not just a bishop. The, the bishop. Hey, I don't think, I think they assume it's a government thing. Hey, guys, welcome to this special episode of Connect with DP City. As always, Kyle Headley here. I have my beautiful wife, Miss Teresa Headley. Jenica Hernandez, no, Jenica Paleo. I said Hernandez because I, little Miss Zena, and our very own <laughs> Pastor Bob. Yeah. So we wanted to do a special episode today just to kind of uh, promote some things going on around campus and uh, inform you guys of some changes that are coming to us. So many of you guys know we host a Sunday night um, or when a Sunday night sermon called our Edge series. You want to share a little bit about what the, what this has been about? Yeah, so Edge Edge nights are a special night because it gives us an opportunity as a as a congregation to come together with our pastors and they share a short message to us, um, usually generated on a, an edgier topic, which is always nice because it's always those topics that you wish you could ask questions about, but you never really get the chance to do. So um, they actually open up the mic. Um, after the message and allow you to have that conversation with them. Ask them some questions on what's on the top of your head, you know, usually pertaining to the topic at hand. But um, I think it's a great way to sit there and conversate with your pastors and kind of pick their brains on what they feel like the word is saying um, in regards to whatever topic right. you're talking about. Like, um, Pastor Bob, how would you feel if on a Sunday morning somebody raised their hand in the middle of sermon to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah that would be almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. Mainly because you, on a Sunday morning you get in a train of thought mm-hmm. and you you start and you're going to a point, you need a conclusion, and you want to bring everybody with you. And if somebody does that, it just derails the train. Right. That's why Edge is so different. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, Edge is a teaching time, not a preaching time, a lecture time. And it gives freedom for people to even ask questions in the middle of it. Want to. Yeah, sometimes we, we have somebody ask a question, and you guys do a good job being led by the Holy Spirit if it's something you should answer at that moment or just say, hey, hey, yeah. hold on to that one, write it down. Right. You'll have your time to ask. One of my favorite que- one of my favorite times was when we were talking about Nephilim. <laughs> I, I like, you can pronounce it. I can't pronounce I it like still. Si- <laughs> I like silly questions, and Pastor Susan was talking about the, the you know, the chances are that we're not alone, that there's right. there could be other beings, hypothetically speaking, you know. And somebody came up and said, would the people on Mars have the same Bible as the people on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do you expect my pastors to answer this question? <laughs> but they were serious. Yeah, no, they were really wanted you know, to know. <laughs> they really wanted to know. So 
If you're looking for something to do on a Sunday night, real quick to derail, um, our first Sundays of every month is actually going to be replaced with a ladies' night um, hosted by Jenica Paleo. So what do you have planned for this first ladies' night? I have so many exciting things planned. You know, a lot of icebreakers to get to know everyone. And um, mainly I wanted to start this so that we can have – not a teaching moment, but kind of a teaching moment of mm-hmm. someone that has a particular skill or a gift and share with other people. Like, for example, because it came up in my connect group, in the Living Water Connect group, like, you know, I have some older women that don't know how to operate their phone and would like to learn how to mm-hmm. text or yeah. to wow. send a voice message. So that kind of gave me the idea to start, you know, the ladies' night ministry and then with um, Alexis and Sharissa encouraging me. So <laughs> it's came to be and so, so I know number one supporters right some here. <laughs> things you have planned is maybe teaching certain meals maybe teaching how to sew different things like that how right how to knit how to sew um i have somebody in my connect group that's very crafty so maybe learning how to do a certain craft or yes i'm the one who likes to cook and and bake and i know i'm not alone so <laughs> i think one others. of the best parts about the ladies night altogether is because and, you know, I got to talking with someone uh, new to the church today about this, is that they're kind of tending for their family, their family members sick. You know, there's so many different things that they're doing within their daily lives, not even taking into account, like, feeding themselves spiritually, you know, within the mm-hmm. word. And I feel like this is such a God thing that he put onto your heart because as moms, as wives, as mothers, you know, like, all these different titles and roles that we have hats we hardly have a chance to feed ourselves and to give ourselves even just a downtime of hanging out with some other ladies sorry guys we love you guys but (laughs) we need some ladies next to us you know just to conversate with and to know that you're not alone and sometimes someone could be on that edge you know meltdown yeah Yeah. and then just to have someone sitting next to you just to even hear you i think it's very crucial so I think that's one of the best parts about what you have in store is you're creating a fellowship together. You're creating, you know, like a bond of women that they could come to one another. And kind of like how you had mentioned about your uh, living waters, how you guys have that text group, the prayer chain, you know, it's networking. It's allowing women to know that they have other people alongside them that they can um, build off of and sharpen one another. Oh, yes, definitely. And, you know, it's. You know, just that time of fellowship where you encourage each other and lift each other up and edify each other. You know, that is so important because not everybody has that at home. And and we didn't want to make it stressful, you know, with having to commit every week. So we said, okay, the first Sunday of the month would be good. You know, Mm -hmm. it's um, in the evening so women can get away, you know, leave the kids at home with the husband and just come and enjoy themselves. I doubt, I highly doubt it's going to stick to just the first Sunday of the month. (laughs) <laughs> I, I promise you this is going to... I agree. I yeah, agree. it's going to either turn it's into it every thing. other week or... It's refreshing. Something, yes. yeah. Uh, well, it's good. I think the women on our campus, they do so much, and they need mm-hmm. that time to just come together. And I mean, every look at everything Sharissa does. Look at everything Tracy Gonzalez does. Look at everything Alexis does. Look at everything Jenica does. Like, our campus is ran by women, you know, cleaning and the cafe and the production, and you guys deserve that. Well, women by nature are more creative anyway. By nature, you know, you have to be. If you're watching out for the children, you know, it's men. We are limited in that. 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not speaking down on men, but we're limited in the kind of skills that we don't handle as many issues at a time most men don't. I always say in regards to me, I can't speak for all men, but I cannot multitask. If I multitask, I'm not doing anything good. I'm just doing everything half or bad. Yeah. You know, so I have to, I'm very one goal, one goal oriented at a time. I'll do this right. and then I'll do this and that then I'll do this. typical man. Yeah. I go from multitask to multi-crash. Yeah. Oh, 100%. No. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. Can't I'm do. like, I can't cook and clean. I will clean and then I will cook. Drives me mad. <laughs> but I, th- I think the women's group is r- a really powerful tool. I really think it can make a difference in women's lives. Because they don't get the connection that most men get. When we're at work, we have a work connection. Now that most women work, you know, it's a chance for them to share with one another. I think this is a, could be one of the strongest areas of ministry in the church. And I mean it, honestly. Not I just agree. Saying it. And you think even in the world, like, take a step out of church. I'm sure we have some people in our church that are that do this, you know. But how often do you hear stories about men who come home from work, say hi, and then grab their keys, go to the bar to hang out with their buddies, yep. you know, and then leave the wife at home with the kids. And so it's good for the women to get a chance to get out there with their friends and talk and hang out. And men, watch your kids. Well, and you know what? <laughs> uh, you guys, honestly, as a church, we are different than a lot of traditional churches in that we believe women can do anything men can do. Mm-hmm. We uh, A lot of Christians don't like the idea, but we believe women can preach. They can preach, they can teach, they can do everything in the Bible. That's what the Bible says. A lot of doctrinal churches don't believe that. So why shouldn't women get the same privilege and the same opportunity to grow and thrive with one another? 100%. So with that being said, um, I kind of glazed over the announcement, but we wanted to let you guys know that this summer we have something really special planned for you guys starting on the 7th of June and that's going to be every Wednesday night this summer is going to be our, our new time for our edge nights. Yeah, so edge nights are moving from Sunday nights over to Wednesday. So mark it in your calendar every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Come on down. We have something for the entire family. So we have Kids Church with Miss Tori and Miss Alexis. Miss Tori, honestly, we talk about her almost every time, too. She's amazing. She's so phenomenal. Very dedicated to her work, um, the kids on campus and off campus, you know, she just, she puts in a lot of time and effort she'll all have, together. She'll have movies, she'll have games, she'll have crafts, she'll have a lesson. Mm-hmm. That she'll somehow dance silly with them. There's not many adults that, that will do that. <laughs> yeah, she She's will. One of she'll them. dance yeah. with them. And kids need that. They need someone to relate to. Right. But yeah, so we have kids church, main church, and then this first Wednesday we have our youth campfire and worship. So we have Campfire and Worship led by our worship director, Tyler Hernandez. Uh, wait, no, Why Tyler Martinez. Hernandez? Everybody's a Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone they is. They multiply. Pastor Bob Hernandez. I'm going to start adding Pastor that Steve thing. Hernandez. We're all Hernandezes now. you got to add their last name and then the Hernandez. Beckett hyphen Hernandez. <laughs> so our, our very own Tyler Martinez and Lauren are going to be um, leading our campfire worship for our teenagers. So this is a time where, you know, we'll come together around 630. We'll probably have some Frisbees and stuff out there, mess around, just play around with each other. And then around 7, 7.15, we'll tone it down and maybe do like four worship songs around the campfire, around the fire pit. So one time we did this and we had about 
20 kids tell us that they were going to show up and we had like 60 kids just it was insane. 60? yeah no 100 we and i'm not exaggerating not. i might okay. actually be underselling it <laughs> wow. to be honest with you we, we had to start count. we kept counting them they kept moving, <laughs> they kept moving. They were like, Wait. we had to start bringing in benches from the basketball courts just to sit oh, them because yeah. we were yeah. out of chairs like That's good. It, it and was that was crazy. before all the tables that we had out there or have out there right yeah. now. And we didn't have the proper setup. Like we only had one speaker. We didn't have a we didn't have a one mic. campfire. Like we Yeah. <laughs> but you know, those are good We're problems prepared. to have. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so all summer long on Wednesdays, we will have events for your youth, except for the Fourth of July picnic, which basically is an event for your youth, anyways. Um, and then we'll have kids' church, and then we'll have edge. Our first edge is actually gonna be taught by Pastor Susan, yeah. right? Susan Beckett. So she's been hard studying. If you come into the office on any day, she of the says, week. "Don't mess with me. I'm focused." She's yeah. working she's, hard on it. She's gonna rock it, right? She's, I mean, she's really gonna rock it. If they don't come up with some questions, they're brain dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, her subject is a good one. It's about um, talking about judging, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's really good because a lot of Christians. Um, or a lot of people don't like to be judged in the world, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of Christians like to do judging. So mm-hmm. it's good to get some knowledge and some biblical base of what that scripture really means. And I'm excited for it. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a little rundown from Pastor Susan because she has a hard time keeping it. <laughs> she compresses it and then it she explodes. She loves to share yeah. the good news. But, but it's a great subject. She, they're going to be shocked. They're going to be surprised because a lot of Christians believe you can judge, a lot of Christians believe, you can't judge, and there's an in-between. Yeah. And it's biblical and it's solid. you got to figure it out. Right. So. Definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then the other thing is, I wanted to ask you personally, you were supposed to do an edge a few months, like two months ago, and you changed the subject on us. You were going to do an edge about why bad things happen to good people. And I was so excited for that. So let me tell me, are we going to get the why bad things happen to good people this summer? Uh, Down the road. Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) No, it's really, it's really a hard subject because it really opens up the truth about why bad things happen to the apostles. Right. There they are giving their lives, they're laying their lives down and they paid for it with their lives. There was a lot of suffering because they stuck to the gospel. A lot of Christians don't believe that. You know, they believe in hyper faith. I believe in faith. We all do, but a hyper faith where nothing can happen to me, mm. or it's all the devil. You know, there's this saying in the streets where they say everyone's a gangster until it's time to do something gangster. Yeah. You know, everybody will will say that they'll lay their life down for their faith and that they'll they'll be crucified along with Christ and all those things. But when those times come up and happen in front of you, you don't know how you're going to act until you're presented with that That's right. opportunity or that not, it's not really an opportunity, but situation, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so that's why, that's what I was thinking of about the apostles. Like you think about them, um, how did they respond in that? I mean, they had a lot of chances, you know, Peter and denied Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe he didn't respond the way he thought he would have the first two times, yeah. but eventually he got it right. Well, even with him getting out of the boat, the Bible doesn't say that the storm ceased. The storm was still there. You know, it was it was a matter of him focusing on Jesus and actually coming out to him. And then even when he looked away from Jesus, again, the storm was still around. But it was Jesus that was in the midst of him. And he's saying, look to me. 
you know? Well, most people forget in the story they had to walk back to the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know? can't imagine that he just leaped out of the boat. I have to imagine he was like, uh, uh, uh okay, uh, mm, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know. Maybe he's crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good point. You know? yeah. But after he fails and Jesus picks him up, Jesus walks him back. Jesus didn't carry him back. I've been trying to tell people I want a WWPD shirt. What would Peter do? Just so that they know that, <laughs> you know, slicing your ear off isn't outside of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about that story is, um, like, if you think about when you're on a ledge, when you're going to step into water, I think that first step mm-hmm. had to have been the most difficult because oh, yeah. your body's off balance. Yeah. So that's where, like, the most trust had to have been you know in order for you to get the second foot out you would have had to have been firm right Mm -hmm. you had to have foundation otherwise your foot's just gonna slide on through and he probably would have fell in the first instance so he had to have had focus on jesus in that first well don't you think too that there's a real possibility as impetuous and out of the box as peter was and so infectiously in love with jesus he just wasn't thinking Mm. I'm not saying that's the, but, mm-hmm. but who knows how that worked? All we know is he walked on water. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. No, it's true because it's like you know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But like, if you seen your child in trouble, you wouldn't think, "Should I go help them?" Right. You would your your instincts would just bolt that direction, and so you'd have to wonder if there is a storm going on. And Peter saw Jesus just standing out in the middle oh, of the ocean. That's good. His he, love for him. It might have just been like, yo, what is, what is going on? I need to get out there, you know. Well, don't you think Jesus baited them? Oh, yeah. I mean, he knew right where they were. He didn't miscalculate and miss them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he, he wasn't he just out for a Sunday stroll. He was out to see what would happen. Yeah. You know, he, he was, I think he was baiting them to see if somebody would do something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? One of those things we'll ask when we get there. I think people, like, when sometimes when the story is portrayed, they kind of put him down for looking away. But if you think about it, he's the only one who mm-hmm. stepped out and it was there. So how many more, like I, I really want to, when, when we get to heaven, that's one of the, the scenes I want to have like just shown to me type of thing is watching how the rest of the disciples were sitting in the boat and like what their reactions were, what they were thinking, you know, like was anyone in like maybe wanted to go, but didn't yeah. make that steps. And I think that's where we are as Christians sometimes, you know, we're always one of those disciples somewhere in the line. You know, we're either someone who's still on the boat or we're Peter and we're off the boat or, you know, somewhere in between. But I think it's important to make sure that we're desiring Christ, like how he desires Absolutely. us. Well, and I think that same desire you're talking about, Sharissa, that's what was on Peter when they were, remember the fishing? Jesus is already resurrected. They don't catch anything. And then Peter sees Jesus on shore. Mm-hmm. Remember what he did? He, he puts his clothes back on yeah. and gets out of the boat, probably thinking, let's walk on water again. <laughs> and he didn't, but. Yeah, but he went to shore. Yeah. And he got out of the boat, just right. like he got out before. So one way or the other, he was headed for Jesus mm-hmm. in both situations. Do you have a, a question that when you get to heaven, you hope is answered? 
or something that you'd Where like to see. Where did the dinosaurs come in? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's part of what we're going to talk about down the road in, in the edge class because there's real clear evidence. I mean, you, you look around and you find that archaeologically, they're finding stuff now that makes it very clear that there was something that happened in Genesis 1-1 when it says God created the heavens and the earth. And then they became void. There's a time when it was all destroyed. It's very possible. I mean, they're finding fossils. Yeah. They're finding stuff. They're finding animals. And cre- they're finding petrographs of drawings in caves that have never been accessible for drawings on walls of animals that we have bones of. But, you know, so who knows? Yeah, I think it's, it's hard-pressed for people to look at these skeletons of fossils and even act like that was never a thing. Yeah. Like, it's totally plausible that um, they existed alongside Adam and Eve and, you know, all that. Um, but for some, for some, for people to act like you're either a Christian or you believe in dinosaurs, like you can't be in the between, mm-hmm. it's silly. Yeah. It's silly because there's museums full of giant skeletons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and our world is so big, you know, it's silly for us to think that we know everything about everything that ever walked the earth. Well, think of it this way. We're, we're, we're confined to believing God is confined to the universe. Mm. He created the universe. And, he, and how many billions of miles is Voyager still traveling out into space taking pictures? It takes, uh, what, 45 minutes for a picture to mm. come back. Still traveling, can't find the other end of the universe. And you have to remember that the universe is something created in the presence of God. God's bigger than it. So there's no limit. It's a bad connection, but I'm going to use it. So have you guys watched Men in Black? (laughs) No. No, Okay, so Men in Black, it's with Will Smith, and it's about him um, in a secret agency that's apparently been going on forever, and where how aliens like live among us concept, but they're like the police officers of the aliens. So they're living as humans type of thing, but they're making sure they're abiding by all laws. They're not, you know, harming alien or uh, they regulate the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) during one part of it, they, they show how um, Orion's belt is within the galaxy Mm -hmm. and then they start zooming out and it's a really cool, just like image of like, how God probably sees it all. So they take it from like the city and then they go out, they stretch it out. Kind of like what you used in the past on Sundays for like uh, our church to hem it to the County and all that, but it takes it out to the galaxy and then all the way far back. And then all of a sudden it comes to like an alien that's like playing it, playing with the galaxies with marbles and stuff like that. And it's like, you got to almost imagine that's how much far greater God is, you know, like looking into us. I said that to my kids. We were talking about philosophy because I was complaining to them about I had to take a philosophy class last year. And I was complaining to them about how stupid philosophy classes are because all they do is poise more questions. Like right. that's all it is. And I told them like the life hack, you don't need Quizlet to pa- pass philosophy. You just have to question everything you're being taught and then ask more questions on top of it and you'll pass. Right. And then they were like, oh, give us an example of, you know, something that was brought up to you. And I said, okay, what if, hypothetically speaking, we're all just an ant farm for an alien's science fair project? And they're just watching us live. And they're like, 
what? That's crazy. Like, that could be a real thing, and we'd have no idea. And I was like, that's philosophy. It's dumb. Yeah. You know, just like yeah. live your life regardless, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, um, no, I got to thinking about, like, when we get up to heaven and the things that we're going to ask. I've always related to two characters in the Bible more than any others, and those are Peter and Jonah. Those are, like, the two characters that I, I feel a lot of um, similarities and characteristics and connections with them. I'm very impulsive, like Peter. I'm very questioning of my own calling, like Jonah, mm. you know, things like that. And so I taught a sermon in um, chapel last year called Maybe You're the Storm. And it's all about looking at the book of Jonah with a different perspective. Because from what I've read, um, you know, God tells them, hey, you need to go into Nineveh and you need to warn them of this disaster that can destroy the city. And that was kind of the base. And he was like, oh, heck no, I'm not going in there, you know. And so my whole sermon was called Maybe You're the Storm. And the, and the, the, um, the premise was, what if Jonah was the disaster that was going to change the city because he did he went in there and that city went from a sex crazed drug crazed city to everyone repenting and fully following the commandments and fully doing all those things and it's like maybe god just needs us to step into whatever our nineveh is in our life and be that storm you know be a disaster for god like be something that just wrecks the norm and changes it around and so that's one thing that i want to know like just by just I just want to see how Jonah, how that book played out because he's one of my favorite, yeah. you know, yeah. people in the Bible. Well, don't you think life's a, a, the book of Jonah? You know, everything we do is a, an adventure, and we're always in pursuit of what does God want me to do next? Right. And how many times do we all jump out of a boat, mm-hmm. a, uh, the boat of a circumstance or the boat of a situation? How many Christians jump out of the boat of a marriage? Right. As soon as the r- water gets rough. Yeah. And yeah. I go, wait a minute, time. Life is not supposed to be a picnic. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be victorious. Well, you can't be victorious unless you the embrace the battle. Yeah, that's you good. Know, so. Yeah, a lot of people like to quote scripture and say, well, God says I'm an overcomer, but they, they get scared of the fight. Yeah. It's like you can't, ov- you can't be an overcomer unless you overcome. I think yeah. it's because the world paints the picture. I mean, take Disney, take any like children's story altogether. The bad the conflict is the bad thing and you're trying to avoid the conflict. But in reality, like how you're saying, you could be the storm that Mm -hmm. could be the breakthrough altogether. But we have this ideology that, um, good things. It has to be a picture perfect, good thing in order for it to be a God thing. Wow. That's, that's totally unbiblical. Mm -hmm. Because, you read the scriptures and there's nobody that served the Lord that didn't get their tail kicked. Mm-hmm. You know, you're fighting the world. You're fighting evil. That's why I think Jenica's uh, bringing the women together and the battles that women fight are unique to the battles that we fight as men. And uh, they fight battles that I think, and I mean seriously, not just, you know, saying this, but I think women fight battles that most men couldn't handle myself included mm-hmm. you know I think because the women were designed to handle issues we as men can't handle I mean you know we're we're warriors <clears throat> you know we're gonna go out and kill something you know <laughs> when women have a compassion I think Jenica your, your women's group is really gonna really gonna bring up some strong women bring them not bring them up but bring them out you know yeah, <laughs> it's like way off subject but I'm like a history nut 
specifically World War II. I love learning about World War II yeah. and, and everything that entices it. And you know that Germany suffered, the. they consider it one of the turning points of the war because Germany was um, taking over Stalingrad, which was like the edge of the Soviet Union. And it was like a big industrial town where the Soviet Union was like building their tanks and different things. It was on a main river for transport and Germany was rushing in there and they were greeted by 100,000 women. And Germany was like, well, these women aren't going to do anything. Well, then all of a sudden they all started pulling out their muskets and no. shooting them. Really? Yeah. Yep. The Soviet Union had a full army command of just mm-hmm. women soldiers, not medics. They had women pilots, women tank yep. engineers, women soldiers. Really? Yeah. And Germany <laughs> let their guard down when they seen all the women right there. And they're like, oh, the, it's just a big because, you know, Germany at the time. So did was, they like surround them? Oh, they just they, started shooting them. They had no idea what was going on. Them. Yeah. They had no idea what was going on. Now, Germany oh, ended up surprised. getting them back because they were like, okay, we'll send in four times the amount of troops, and we know now. But that first initial wave, they they because, you know, you have to remember the Nazis were like, white men are the top, and then women, white women, and then whatever Everybody else, else is after that. So when they seen a bunch of women, and they thought Soviet, they thought, you know how, like, they teach you, like, in America – you know, back in the day, they would treat African-Americans like they were animals. They weren't humans. Well, that's what Germany thought of the Soviets. They thought they were Neanderthals. They just thought they were like humanoid people, but they weren't people, mm-hmm. you know. So when they seen these women, they were like, eh, they're nothing. And, and now they got their tails kicked because <laughs> they had women pilots, women tank engineers, mm-hmm. women snipers. Like it wasn't just medics. It was like a full on commando. Jeez, I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So what he's saying, Jenica, is you need to create some, <laughs> build up some women tankers. I don't even know what you would call them, pilots and all that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to talk it up, Jenica. Yeah, we I really agree. need to get the word out. I agree. And it can be a little intimidating, you know, with connect groups for people to come into a home, you know, an already established connect group. But this is this connect group is going to meet here at the church. Mm-hmm. We'll be in the kids' church, you know, starting one Sunday a month, and let's see how that goes. But... I encourage all the women to come out. You know, it's going to be a really good time of fellowship. You're going to meet in the kids' church? Yes. We're going to have music playing. What what day is it on? S- Sunday. Sunday nights. The first Sunday night of every month. So you gotta wow. you got to make sure Pastor Susan shows up, too. Yeah, but I mean, oh, Sunday nights. Okay. We'll I, leave I'm, just saying, we'll I'm leave just saying. I'm just saying. We will clean it. Why go into the children's church? Because they don't want to get mess on the sanctuary floor if they're doing arts and crafts yeah oh <laughs> this first one's not gonna and they're be like cooking that, but it's just <laughs> well even it'll it. be during the summer so like if yeah. we can meet under the canopy maybe also yeah. so just depending on well, the weather wherever it's convenient yeah yeah you know most conducive yeah i think it's gonna be great but you know we're gonna take that step of faith like peter mm-hmm. and get out of the boat there That's you go right you know trust that jesus and has we'll it push all. it trust me we will push it we'll push it really hard Brothers, but brothers, watch watch the kitties. <laughs> That's right. So again, just a quick recap of what we covered here. Our edge nights are moving off of Sunday nights for the rest of summer. They will be on a Wednesday night all, all summer long. We have your Wednesday night covered. The first Sunday of every month, we'll have ladies night at the kids' church for now. Stay tuned for more announcements. Do you have anything to add, my beautiful sweets? Um, no, come join ladies night, ladies, and show your support, have a good time, that type of thing, 5 p.m., so, yeah. And jump in on Edge, Edge 
you know, it's going to be a class. It's a time to learn. Come on. You know, your get off your blessed books. assurance and come. Let's learn That's together. Right. Bring your questions. Thank you for joining us today, DP City. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you guys again, catch up with you guys out at church. Um, as always, you can reach out at www.dpcitychurch.com. You can email us at dpcitypod at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much, and we love you guys. See you later.